Hey, welcome back to Legacy Builders, everybody. Um, we're continuing on our parenting series. And so we're in our episode three, which we are gonna get into middle school, high school age groups, but we realized we kind of missed a couple things um, in the last episode of like four to eight year old slash grade school age group. So we wanted to circle back and um, touch on those things real quick, so. Yeah, I think it's very important that we touch on these. I mean, I think it's going to be helpful. These two, these two keys, um, I, I think are going to be very, very helpful. And so, and again, just a preface, if, if you're first time watching and you hadn't caught the other two episodes, you know, we're in the parenting series, so we're not claiming to be experts in parenting. We're not claiming to know everything and have it all together. We're just sharing our, our journey and things that have worked for us and things that didn't work for us and, and, you know, let you decide. Yeah. And we're also sharing a unique perspective where me as the kid gets to share as well. And right. so it's a really cool thing. So thank you all for those who have tuned in and are continuing to tune in. We hope you're learning things. And if you have any questions, shoot us an email or a message or anything like that. We'd love to help answer those questions on here as well. So with that being said, dad, what are the, what's the first thing that we are, um, kind of making sure that we mention before we move on? Well, th this one's really key, especially for this age group. Again, rewinding, circling back to the ages four through eight age, age group. And, um, and this is a magical, we, we learned this and this is very successful. I'm just telling you. So if you implement this, you're welcome. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when, when your kids ask, your yes and no questions are what hey when are we when are we gonna do this or when are we gonna do that or can we do this or can we do that and if you if you answer anything other than pretty soon they're gonna they're gonna beat you up i'm just saying so if you like are, are you gonna be able can we go here no why so they 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 ask all the stuff but if you say hey can we can we go here well pretty soon that's the answer that's the answer to their why questions. Uh, outside, we talked about leadership last time. So there's some leadership aspects. You know, we're, we're training you to be leaders and there's some discipline stuff that we talk about in training how to be leaders. But when they're asking, you know, just these other questions and you, and you can just respond with pretty soon. I think it's the repetitive asking too. Yeah. Like, hey, can we go here? Hey, can, can we, we do this? Right. Hey, can we like pretty soon? Pretty soon. And they're like, oh, okay. It's not a yes. It's not a no. It's pretty soon. And it worked. It worked amazing. And then I think it, I don't know what, what age Madison, did you finally figure out that, that this was a, a game? I think you started using it more with Michael, my special needs brother. Cause he would like, um, be like, we need to go to the store or we need to do this or like these random things. And you'd be like pretty soon. And that would just ease his mind. Yeah, and so then like, you started oh, okay. using it on us when we were younger as well. Um, and it worked. I guess so. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Um, I just remember in the last couple of years, you try to use it as a joke and it's not as funny when you're <laughs> older and know what that means. So, right. So if you're listening to this and your, your, your child is asking these questions, Hey, are we there yet? Can we do this? Can we do that? When can we do this? You know, pretty soon. Just try it a couple of times and you'll be like, they'll, they'll be, they'll, the, the whole thing is they'll forget about it. That's the whole point of the pretty soon response. It's not, if you say no, then it's a blow up. If you say yes, then you cave in, you give them whatever they want. But if you say pretty soon, it delays it to later and they forget about it and they move on to the next thing anyway. And it never, re well, I shouldn't say it never resurfaces, but it rarely comes back up. And it, it just, you know, pushes that off. Into the and this works for the younger ages. As they get right. older, they, you, yeah. Yeah, you'll realize what age group it doesn't no longer work for. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'll do it once and then you'll do it again. And they'll be like, hey, you said that last time. Yeah. Like, so it only works for an extended right. period, but. Right. But I'm just telling you, it does work. Try it. It's amazing. I don't know. Yeah. Guess it's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what's the other thing that we wanted to talk about? So the next thing we wanted to just kind of briefly talk about, I don't want to get into a whole bunch because, again, I'm not claiming to be an expert on this topic, but 
one of what we did and we taught our kids to do and how to handle in the topic of bullying because it's very serious. I mean, this is a very serious thing. I mean, especially nowadays. Yeah, especially nowadays. So we're not making light of this at all, but we we do feel that we had something that we implemented and we taught our kids that worked for them, and it worked for it worked for us, and it, it helped diffuse the bullying aspect of it. Again, I'm not claiming that this is the the end all answer to bullying because it's a, it's a very terrible thing and just a lot of troubled people, you know, with home life that take it out on, 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 you know, their, their peers. And it's sad, but one of the things that we had, had mentioned. And so we, we, we taught them, you know, if, if usually bullying is, this is the, this is the typical um, underlying, you, you've heard us talk about the problem is never the problem. Okay. So bullying they just need to get a reaction from you and it's a game for them they they want to have the upper hand have the leverage and so if if they could say you know madison you're you're stupid madison would say madison would say that's nice that's nice thank you very much appreciate that cool yeah cool thank you great no you're stupid cool cool thank you very much Mm -hmm. appreciate that and just move on. You just keep walking through the hallway. You just keep ignoring them. Just, you know, compliment. Hey, thank you very much. Appreciate that. And you just keep walking. You just, it's a, it's a, you just don't give it the, the, the attention that they want to give it. They want to try to, they want to try to bring you down here mm-hmm. so that they're up here. And that's what bullying is all about. It's about bringing you, to, trying to get you down here. But if you could, they could say something and you could be up here, they don't know what to do. And that's a statement. That's a reaction. And that's that, with verbal bullying. With verbal bullying. Yes. And so a lot of times they're trying to point out like a, maybe already insecurity or they want it. They want you to feel insecure. They want you to feel scared. They want you to feel all these emotions to, like you said, right put them up here and you down here. So when you just confidently say, that's nice, that's great. Thank you very much. Um, You can still feel sad about it later, but don't show that bully your reaction. Right. Because um, that's what they want. That's what they want. And when it's really sad too, is you feel, I feel like when one kid's targeted, they're targeted by multiple sometimes. And so they target the people they can get the reaction out of. And so we just want you to help your kids like learn how, how to confidently stand up to these bullies and to, yeah, just to help your kids be able to not be picked on when you're not right. there. And also be aware of your friends. I mean, if, there, if there's people around you, you know, be mindful of the other people around you. I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll never forget you know, when I was, when I was in high school, I had a friend of mine and he was, he was getting picked on a lot. And I, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And this guy was picking on my friend and I took him and I grabbed him and I threw him up against the locker. I said, you keep messing with him. You mess with me, your choice. What do you want to do? And, um, so it, I remember it, you telling us the story too. Um, when we were little and talking yeah. about the bully conversation and we we're like, what did you really do dad? And so we had these like really long, tall conversations and you picked little us up and you were like, I did. I literally, yeah. I literally lifted him Not off the ground slammed us against slammed, the locker, slammed him against the locker, lifted him up, slammed yeah. him against the locker. And so he showed the, us little kids what we did. And we thought it was hilarious. We were just like, this is- yeah, I mean, granted, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a super huge guy, but I mean, I, I'm six foot three pushing six foot four in my high top sneakers in high school. <laughs> You know, so I mean, I'm not, I wasn't a small guy and I wasn't, you know, a weak guy, but I wasn't a big, you know, I wasn't a big muscular guy by any means. I wasn't, you know, a threat to, to people, but I just helped my friend in the, in the moment. Yeah. And it helped him. And so we just have to be mindful of those other people around us that are being bullied and just step in and just be like, look, look I got your back. So I mean, when they, when they know that it's not just one person that can be picked on and there's, there's a team of people, I mean, just get your friends. If you see somebody that's getting picked on, man, just step in. Yeah. Just surround. Yeah. Just surround the people and say, look, we're all together. What do you want to do? Right. Leave this person alone. You mess with them. You mess with us. It just, it just speaks, uh, speaks volumes. We got to put an end to the end of the bullying. Yeah. And you made mention too, like be, be aware of the people around you. 
Um, I would say be aware too. I feel like with girls, especially the drama of the friendships and the you're my friend today and not my friend oh, tomorrow yeah. and grade school. It really like, I'm sure your daughters are coming home and they're like, they're not my friend today. Or they said this mean thing, or they're mad at me because I have a crush on this boy and like just all of this stuff. So helping them navigate through that as well. I mean, what tips do you have for that dad? I don't know. Well, again, it just, it just helps to develop the foundation in, in who you are. Yeah. And so, I mean, when you, when you understand the game, the more preparation you can give, you know, your son or your daughter, the, the better. It doesn't mean that they're going to pass with flying colors and all of these things, but, you know, we, we've, we've had many conversations. You, you'd come home and, you know, oh my, this girl said, we're not friends anymore. I'm like, Madison, just relax. This is how girls talk tomorrow you're going to be best friends again you know and so you just talk through it and then then what happens is they go back to school tomorrow and they're like they make up and they're best friends then they come back and it's just like oh dad you're right this is what happened you know so it just it, it continues to build that trust and you help them prepare it help help calm the moment down you know and because it's a real thing i mean they don't want to be not best friends with whoever they're best friends with yeah. You know, but just be like, look, it's it's not a big deal. Just go talk to him tomorrow. It'll be okay. It's gonna pass. And this is just everybody's, you know, it's an emotional ride through through, you know, middle school and high school. High school especially. It's an emotional ride. Fre yeah. Freshman, sophomore year. It's crazy. Well, and that same sort of drama between friendships and stuff continues throughout your middle school and high school. Maybe not as like intense as you're my friend today, not tomorrow but there's still a lot of drama especially between girls and when you start to yeah. like people and just like stuff like that um so I think we're ready to transition over into yeah, talking next... about middle school high school age group right um what are some of the biggest things here that you think um are important to point out or lessons to parents advice to parents so for me one of the biggest things you you, you hear as parents, you'll, you'll hear this statement that the age one through five is the formidable years of your child. And that's the most important years that you're, you know, for your child. And I, I, I adamantly disagree with that. I believe that the most important years are eighth, eighth grade through senior year in high school. I believe that those are the most important years of a child's life. And because for me, that's when I needed my parents the most. And that's when I decided when my kids got into that age, age group, I wanted to make sure that I withdrew from certain leadership positions. I withdrew from some cer certain things because I wanted to be there and available during those periods of, of their life, during those times of their life. Because when we start talking about peer pressure, when we start talking about these things, what was peer pressure in grade school, in, in you know, fourth, eight, fifth grade, sixth grade, those peer pressure things are not, and the consequences for those things are not as great as the consequences in high school. Yeah. Okay. And so high school consequences, it, I mean, there's some things that could really destroy a, a person's future or at least in, in, um, set them back a lot. I mean, a, a, a high school pregnancy, for example. I mean, that is a big one. I mean, you're dealing working with drugs i mean you get you get caught with drugs in high school that's going to be a big mark on your record for the rest of your life so these are things that we had to be prepared because these consequences are bigger in high school and parents if you don't realize this i mean we have to have a talks with our kids and make them realize that the decisions and the choices that they're making here will affect them for a long period of time it, it's not permanent but the recovery is crazy. You know? Well, and I would say too, this time is when you're, the curiosity is at the highest. The right. emotions are at the highest. Your like hormones yeah. are changing. Your friendships are changing. Like all of these things are changing in yeah. your life. And so um, the emotion and curiosity to do like things that maybe you were taught not to do are the highest. And when you go to public school, like times 10 that stuff, because right. you're being exposed to like so many things. Um, already was exposed probably in sixth grade at this point um, or earlier, but yeah, you know, 
Like, so I would say that's why it's really important that you be there in this time as well. It can also be a really lonely time. I mean, when you're going through these friendship changes and especially for somebody who was raised to be a leader, like there's not a lot of, a whole lot of leaders in high school and people who were raised that way. And so it can be a really lonely time when you don't want to do drugs, when you don't care all about boys, when you don't care all about sex and drugs and all of these things that high schoolers care about. Vaping. And vaping, whatever it is. And so you're the odd one out. You're the one being called prude. You're the one being called like these things, but you're like, this is how I was raised. Like, this is what I believe. Like, um, yeah, when you have a foundation set and a foundation on God, like you're not really super liked in high school to, I mean, there's groups that do like you and are like you, but I don't know. I'm not explaining this very well, but no, it's very rare. I mean, to be in that, in that situation. And the, I mean, the, the emotion is great because you're like, man, I just want somebody that understands what I want. And we, and we, we talked to, to, you know, our kids about the consequences. And that's what I wanted to stress about the most, because here you're in a digital age. I mean, the things that they post on their Instagram, the things that they post uh, back in the days with, with Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, I mean, sexting, you know, the, these are real things that, I mean, if you want to have a job and a future and you're, you're now qual- you know, trying to put in applications for college or leadership positions in college and they pull up your Instagram and your Facebook or, hey, let me see your phone and they pull up these things and you're like, no, you're disqualified because you made stupid decisions. And we talk about these decisions. And th- those are just I- important things to realize that the, the things that you think are cute and that you need to try to push the envelope with in high school can affect you for, for a long period of time after high school. I mean, it could, it could be the difference in a college, uh, college uh, uh, not degree, but a scholarship. It could be, you know, a, a job later on when you go and apply for a job and you think that you now you're in college and you think you can just do this stuff and they look at your Instagram like no you know what we don't we don't want anybody to to represent us like this so sorry you're out well and I think too like really though importantly because everybody can come back from that and like those sorts of things and in high school you're truly not thinking about your future right like life outside of what this friend group and this like building that you go to every day looks like um or what you do on weekends with your friends like you're not looking at your future past that as a kid and so um but all that being said everybody can bounce back from that but this is also the time where the kid is truly deciding like what their values are and those values are being put to the test and like that type of stuff as well and so um, they're defining their own values. So when you're choosing all of these things, like that's taking you down a road that you maybe don't want to go down. So not only is it maybe the college doesn't accept you, but you're also creating habits and you're creating a road, going down a road of like, I don't know if you drink on weekends, every single weekend with friends or something like that's, starting to create a habit for maybe what happens for the rest of your life. And so just all of those things, the friend group that you hang around, like these are things that are starting to mold who you are outside of high school. Right. And again, we're not saying this is right or wrong. We're not saying this is a, this is a situation of we're right and everybody else is wrong. We're just saying, if you have, if you have plans and you're training your your kids and you're, you're starting to talk to your kids about their future, these are other discussions that they're going to have to make choices in the moment because it's going to impact their future. So we, we, we know there's parents who are out there who are talking to their kids about their future that want to prep them as best as possible. And these are just the conversations that we're going to have to have with our children. And again, it's not easy. They're in the moment. They're the ones that have to make the tough choices. And one of the, I mean, I remember one of the tough things that I tried to get across to Madison is, you know, Madison, unfor- you know, there's, there's a point in high school where through grade school, your friends were like this and you're, everything was cute and your friends were here. And then all of a sudden, it, it's almost like friends made choices. And it, whoops, 
and it just went like this. It's like yeah. one friend just went and decided to go this way, and the other friend decides to go this way. And I'm like, the obvious is going to happen. You're not going to be lifelong friends. Yeah. And to try to understand that in the moment's an impossibility to help them understand. All you can do is be there for them when they experience it. Or in a relationship in high school, too. Or in a relationship. You think that you're right. going to be with this person forever and you're going to marry them or whatnot. Right. Um, so you can't really, and some people do, not saying that all yeah, high school relationships fail. Very rare, I would argue. <laughs> very rare. Well, our, we'll meet our aunt and uncle, yeah, who they are high rarity. school. Yep. <laughs> but they did separate in college and then they came back together so it wasn't straight out of high school happily ever after <laughs> yeah but they didn't make it so they're right. one of those right um but yeah in the moment you can't get through like I thought all my friends we were going to be friends forever, forever. and yeah. they were going to support me through everything and we were going to be able to hang out because like when you're making all these fun memories with them like you don't want to think about losing them or right. not being friends anymore. And so, but that's also life. Like friends move away. Friends, yeah. like you don't, you're not friends with everybody forever in life. And so it teaches you that, but it's, it doesn't make it any easier. Right. And that'll be probably another lesson for another time. Just another talking about friends. Friends. And, yeah, yeah. All that. But let's talk about, so one of the things as far Another important factor in um, middle school, high school is like grades and you're going to school um, for school and possibly to get into college or practice these um, study habits. I remember um, a key moment where I was in volleyball, I was in a play and I was in all of these AP classes all at once. And I was really overwhelmed and was up to like super late at night and just like crying like um and you're like look this is teaching you for life like this level of excellence that you're giving to your homework like in doing the work afterwards like this is the habit of excellence that you're creating right now and so we had a whole discussion and then finished my homework and stuff like that and so just I remember these conversations happening throughout middle school and high school of just about schoolwork and about these things when I got overwhelmed and why it was important. But you have this thing that you always talk about is personal best. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, before I talk about that, I kind of want to piggyback off of what you're just saying yeah. about the grades and, and those conversations, you know, in, in the moment, you know, we would always talk about, you know, your, your homework and your stuff is teaching you a work ethic. Right. Okay. And so it's not about, I always would tell them, it's not about the grade. It's about you doing the work that it takes to get the, to get the, the work done. So you can either just let it fly and don't care. And now you have this attitude of you don't care and you're going to carry that to the next level. Mm -hmm. And so I always wanted to make sure that you didn't, you didn't carry that to the next level that we talked about in the moment. You need to do what is important to, to do whatever it takes to develop that work ethic. Because it's never easy. I mean, leaders do not have an easy road. They have to do whatever it takes. The buck stops with them. I mean, they're the ones that have to figure out how to do things when everybody else just comes in and punches a clock and leaves. And that's what I deal with every day. People just want to show up and then they go home. But I got to solve the problems. I'm the one that has to deal with all the stuff. And I mean, it's well worth it, but it's also a lot of work. And so it's just a matter of what do you want? And so I would always talk to them about, you know, I'm not, I don't care if you get straight A's. This isn't, this isn't about getting straight A's in, in this class or that class. I just want to know, did you put in the effort? Did you quit? Did you do, or did you try? Did you apply yourself and did you do your personal best? If you at least tell me you did your personal best, I don't care what grade you get. Obviously, in today's grading system, if you're getting a D or an F, you just really don't care. I mean, yeah, the classes are like, they're not tough. I mean, you're just really not even trying at all. Just put yeah. your name on the paper. Yeah. And that's it. But there's, I mean, there's classes where, you know, some, some students, I mean, I, I'm not a believer that the school, the school system is set up to teach kids about life and in, in all aspects For of life. Sure, no, no. <laughs> I mean, 
but if, if you have a class, it's an opportunity to develop work ethic. It's an opportunity to learn work ethic. And that's, that's what I taught them. That's what we, we experienced. And I'll just say, look, if you don't, if this isn't your hot button class, if you're, if this isn't your niche and you're not really good at this, I, I accept that, but I won't accept you not, not trying. I won't accept you not giving your personal best. If you can tell me you did your personal best and the C is the result of that, I don't care. That's not important to me. The important thing is that you tried and that you, and that you gave it an effort. And you would actually give us um, rewards for doing our personal best or trying um, yeah. the best we could. Like you would give us money or you would take us out to dinner or something like that. And so, yeah, ice cream. I mean, we did lots of ice cream, you know, because you're like, Hey, I'm proud of you guys. You, at least you tried, you gave an effort. Yeah. You know, you, you know, I can see you've sacrificed and you went above and beyond and whatever the case may be, you know, even with chores around the house. Yeah. You know, cause I mean, you know, we maybe, I don't know if we're done with that, but we can transition to teaching you know, responsibility, teaching yeah. responsibility, chores around the house. I mean, we would establish chores and, I would just sit back and I'd see would they do their job or would I have to micromanage them? Would I have to keep on them? You know, and when they when they're doing their job and they're continuing to to hold that responsibility, I would be like, hey, hey, let's go get some ice cream or something. You guys are did great. You're you're doing your job. You're being responsible, and this is let's go get a reward. And so, so I think as a parent, like that's really important to remember that it's not just about consequences. And it's not just about the discipline factor of it. Like you also reward them for the good things. Right. Well, the reward do. is a consequence. You know, there's consequences, good and bad. Yeah. Explain that. Well, I mean, consequence, you know, if you don't do something, the consequence could be bad. But if you do do something right, the consequence is good. So we need to reward according to the behavior. So if the if you know we don't always have to discipline and whip them into shape because they're they're, they're doing bad and we need to teach them the consequence of their bad habits. Let's also teach them the consequence of their good habits. If they did something good, reward them with something good. You know, give them give them some time off of this chore. Give them give them a break. Give them something. Pay them for something. You know, that's one thing that that we did. Even though we had a you know Madison was the oldest, and a lot of times. I still see, am. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Go ahead. <laughs> right. But a lot of times the oldest ends up being the one that that's the free babysitter for, for the younger kids. Right. And I, I was not an advocate of that. I was like, I would you ask. You were also the oldest. No. <laughs> well, yeah, I was the oldest, still am. <laughs> 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 yep. <laughs> so but uh we we would always make sure that if Madison was gonna watch while Jody and I had a date night for a few hours out or something that we could go out and Madison was gonna watch the watch the boys, that we would pay her. We would compensate her for doing that. We would not make it an expectation that this is your job to watch our kids. Or over all of summer break, like yeah, watching over, my brothers. Yeah, we actually instead of hiring a nanny, we actually paid Madison to watch the boys and to be responsible. And it taught her responsibility and she got rewarded for it. She got paid to do it. And so, I mean, if we're going to pay a nanny, why would we not pay her? Yeah. Right. What could, I mean, well, because all the stuff that we do for our kids, she, mm, again, we're talking about relationship. We're talking about trust. You know, how would you feel Madison? If we just, if we just demanded that you watch the kids all summer and, and have you be responsible for them and you, it's just an expectation. What would that, what would that have looked like? Yeah. I mean, um, if it was a demand, it probably wouldn't have gone very well. I wouldn't have actually learned the principle of responsibility because I would have been doing it unwillingly right. and out of a, not a good heart. And instead I was doing it out of a, a good heart and work ethic and just like responsibility mm -hmm. and these things. So um, yeah, it probably wouldn't have gone great. And I do hear from a lot of like people who are the oldest, they're like, I feel like I raised like my, my siblings, or I feel like, you know, like they just had all this free childcare, this free advice to all the younger ones and just like really helped raise and got no reward or 
recognition or anything like that. And so I think it, that's really important what you guys did right there. Yeah, I just, my experience and just what I hear is most of the time there's that resentment from the oldest child, you know, towards the parents that they made them do all this stuff. And, yeah. and again, parents, we, we're not, we get it. It's stressful. It's tough. It's hard. We get it. But we're also talking about, think about their future. Think about what is being taught to them in these moments. Think about what you could do and apply these concepts to help develop your child for more responsibility in the future. Just think about the leader that you're developing when you, when you can apply these things. Yes, I mean, it, they're going to help you out and it's going to be rewarding. And it's going to be a weight off of your shoulders, but let's do it in a way that's building them up, not creating a resentment, which, which is what happens a lot of the time. I'm saying, I'm not going to say all the time because I don't have that data, but yeah. it happens a lot of the time. And I mean, even like take into account, you don't have to pay them as much as you would pay a nanny. Right. Yeah. We, we didn't. No, I know. <laughs> but like looking back, yeah, I know. No, right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But like, I mean, it's teaching them responsibility, but it's also showing them that you respect them enough to do that. And so don't pay them as much of a, as a nanny. You don't have to do that, but at least show them some appreciation. Yeah. I mean, and just getting paid. I mean, you're like, oh, wow, this, I mean, it's just the respect level. And yeah. it's, uh, you're like, okay, they're, I'm not being taken for granted. They are, you know, they're paying me to do this. And so you, you appreciate that. And it's a different, you know, it's a different level. You appreciate it and you take it more seriously then too. Right. And so then we would also talk about, let's transition now into, okay, so now you're getting paid to babysit. And mm -hmm. not just for us, but now you're getting other babysitting gigs. And one of the other things that we wanted to teach, and we actually did, it was kind of fun for the season that we did it. I can't remember how long we did it for, but we wanted to start teaching our kids about money. Again, we're not saying we're experts in money. We're not saying we're experts. We're, we're going to do a whole financial series. And we'll address all this stuff later in, the, in our financial series that we're going to do next. But um, we wanted to start teaching our kids about money not just school does not prepare our kids for life. And so we wanted to at least implement a business. So we actually did, we actually bought some candy machines and we, we put them in and the, the candy machines were mostly already placed in businesses and, you know, the gumballs or the, the Mike and Ike's and the M&M's. Yeah. Whatever it was. So, you know, you put the quarter in, turn the thing and you, you know, you go and fill the candy machines up, collect the money out and you come home and you give an account for it. And so, we, we had a, it was a, it was a business. We bought the candy machines and we had a, a loan payment. There's just all the stuff. I don't know. What do you remember about that? Yeah. I feel like candy machines, we were a little bit younger than middle school, high school age group. Um, I feel like we were maybe like fifth or sixth grade, maybe beginning of middle school. That's what I remember. Um, but I remember, yeah, us, we had to count every quarter. I mean, we sat at the dining room table and we poured out all of the quarters that we got and counted them all. We counted them all up. We counted a lot of quarters. And we, but we also had to go to the place and um, fill the candy machine and service it and clean it and get the quarters out of it. And so it was me and my brother Riley. And, and talk to the business owner. Talk there. to the business owner there. Like, um, like say, hey, we're here to service the candy machine. And so, um, yeah, you walked us through that. And I remember us being a little bit younger because like you were there with us and um, all of that. And so if they no longer wanted it, we had to figure out what to do with that. But I remember there was another, like when we were older, um, there was like a, a boxes sort of thing that was the same sort of concept as a candy machine. Um, but it was just sitting on like on a desk type of thing. Yeah. And so we had to go through and service all those and um, fill the candy, get the money, like um, switch them out, do all of that. I remember, yeah, I mean, those all filled up my trunk and me and my cousin would go out or me and my cousin Reese, we would take one one day or me and Riley and switch them out and create a system, um, what's best for it. And so it was figuring out, I mean, some aspects of business and money and stuff like that but I remember us too like with the quarters then we would go to the bank we would take them to the bank and yeah. hide your own account 
had our own account. And so we got to watch them count all the quarters up and stuff like that. And so it was just a process of kind of getting us started on talking about money, talking about business and what that looks like and kind of doing the actions that it takes for, for a business. Yeah. So, and you know, we're not saying that you parents are going to know everything, but I'm just, so just try to introduce them to some money concepts early on, you know, in this, in this period, don't just do everything for them. That's the whole point. Let's start. If we're talking about responsibility, let's talk about some money responsibility, go open up a checking account for them, start teaching them about money stuff. And so yeah. when they, when they go through high school or college, whatever, whatever point, there's going to be a, a period in that time frame that they're going to be out on their own. So did we prepare them for anything money-wise, rent, car payment, you know, all of these things. I mean, all, I'm just an advocate that we, we teach them about these things, you know, in, in the process of, of high school and, and in, into college, instead of just all of a sudden dropping them out into life and hoping they figure it out. Yeah. Well, and that one thing I really appreciate too, is we had a lot of um, conversations about, so once we, you have this money, like, what are you going to do with it? type of thing like are you just gonna go and spend it all like that's okay if you want to spend some of it on something but like what if we save like we just started talking about like these conversations and stuff like that and so um but we'll get more into that in our financial, yeah, series, in our financial series um more and more in depth in that but let's talk about so in this time period uh there's a lot of parents who become more of a friend than a parent in this time. Um, let's talk about parenting versus friendship. That's a tough, it's a tough topic. It's a tough discussion. Um, I mean, you definitely walk the walk a fine line. I mean, there's, there, you're building this relationship over, over these years and now you're into this, into the season and they're going into high school and now they're, I mean, we're, we're, we're almost to the, to the point in, in our child's life where they're ready to break away from you. They're ready to, then there's a point where they could move on, you know? And so like, I don't want to risk not ever talking to them again. And so when tough issues come up, when do you put the parent hat on and when do you put the relationship hat on? And um, it's, I mean, it's a tough balance and I'm just telling, I'm just speaking to parents just be prepared for this. This is what, this is what's coming. If you're not, I mean, you, all of a sudden you get into the moment and you're like, oh, oh my gosh, what do I do? And now you have to make a decision. Am I going to be my child's friend in this point and try to, try to, you know, be, be their friend or do I have to be mom or dad and, and give the tough advice and make the tough decision and have the tough conversation risking that they're not going to accept that. But in, in my opinion, if you built the trust along the way, you can have those conversations and you can preface it in such a way like, look, Madison, I, I got to put dad hat on right now. And you, you might not like what we're going to talk about. I'm just asking you to hear me out. You know, and it's how you preface it. I mean, if you come at them, I'm the parent and I said so, you already lost at that statement on the opening line. You've mm -hmm. already lost. Okay. And so that's what we're talking about. Don't, don't have this relationship that I'm the, I'm the parent. And I said, so I brought you into this world. I can take you out of it. <laughs> okay, great. But you know, how's that going to do well for, for Madison? Or, well, you know? and two, like, so that parent, like I'm the parent that might've worked in grade school, like time. And that might've been an adequate answer for um, your kids at that point in time. But you hit these middle school, high school types of, or times, and that's not an odd, adequate answer anymore. Like middle school and high school, like you can stand up for yourself now. That's what the kid, the kid's like, okay, um, well, what, like they start talking back, they start, you know, like standing up for themselves in the way that they think they can or disrespecting or whatever viewpoint you have on it. But when you just say that, I'm the parent and start the conversation that way. Like, yeah, well, they don't really respect that anymore. That's right. not really an adequate answer. It's not really, yeah, it doesn't really work in middle school and high school. 
Well, and, and I think it's important also to, to kind of add on or transition into this, this concept of, of giving at this age group, giving them opportunity to just to disagree with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, I mean, we got to start having dialogue. We got to start having, you know, relationship, let them disagree with you. This is, this isn't, you know, the dictatorship. I mean, let, let them disagree, let them, let them voice their opinion. It's, it's not going to hurt anything. So I, but you have a dad over here like this and you voice your opinion. Well, he's going to ask questions. Like, I mean, where, where'd that opinion come from? Like, yeah, where, where'd you learn that from? You don't have to, as a parent, just listen to their opinion. Like you can ask right. questions and see where the foundation of that opinion came from. Um, as the parent, yeah, if you're going to voice your opinion, you don't have, don't expect as the kid that your parent's going to agree with that opinion. Like you are right. allowed to disagree and you are allowed to voice your own opinion, but that doesn't mean your parent has to agree with that opinion. No. And everybody it, has to get back on your page. And, and I remember the, do you remember this conversation, Madison, where we would talk about, you know, we, we, there, there'd be this tension. And I, and, I, and I remember we had this conversation. I said, Madison, there's supposed to be this tension because you're not supposed to live in our house forever. Yeah. So you're supposed to think you know more than me. You know, because we get to a point in this time frame that, oh, the kid knows more than the mom and dad. Right. Right. And they get this attitude like, we're stupid all of a sudden. We don't know what we're talking about. They know everything. They're experts at everything. I have like, Madison, look, we know that's not true. But you're supposed to feel that way because you're not supposed to live here forever. I'm just asking that when these things come up, just don't take it out on me. Mm -hmm. Let's just have conversation. Let's dialogue about this. You can have this desire to move out, but it doesn't have to be this splitting apart. It can be a healthy breakaway. Let me help you launch you into your future. Let me help you launch you into this next season of your life. Don't let's not butt heads to the point where you're going to just break away and we're going to have this division. We've, we've spent too much time building relationship to all of a sudden have you just get this chip on your shoulder because of these opinions and people and whatever you're coming across to all of a sudden you guys don't know what you're talking about and you're learning all of this new and greatest, latest, greatest stuff. And we're off you're going to do our own thing. A lot of people do that. A lot of people, a lot of people do that, but I'm just saying we can be, we can be like, look, that's the natural progression of this relationship. You have to move out. You're going to feel this way, but that's natural to get you out of the house. So when I help again, prep them, help understand, help have that dialogue, it makes the relationship a little bit smoother, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I remember that conversation. And I remember it came out of time. Um, I don't think I was really, there was tension, but I wasn't quite at the point where I was like thinking I know everything or um really voicing that you guys were stupid um it wasn't like that point um but it was just a little bit of an attitude type of thing it was a little bit of like a hmm well they didn't do this right or they didn't do that right or like that type of thing and right. so we talked about that and I think we talked about it early like we've talked about everything early the peer pressure the drama like the friends like all these things where it's, it could be resolved early because it was addressed early. Right. And so, yeah, that was an important conversation, but back to like, um, in middle school, high school, like letting your kids disagree with you. Um, one thing that you let us tell you if there was something that you weren't doing right, yep. or like if there was something that you needed to improve on. And so whether we took it up on, on that offer or not like you made that space available and so there's been some tough conversations in talking to you about what I I feel or what I think that maybe you could do better or this type of thing and so um it's a lot of good conversations and I think that's such a special thing yeah. that um a parent would let you actually disagree and voice that opinion and all of that. So and try to bring correction to the parent. Right. I, I mean, I honestly want to make sure because I don't again, parents, we don't have a guidebook. We don't we don't have a book that says this is what you're supposed to do in all these moments. 
I just, I sincerely want the best for all my kids, but I don't know how to do it. And so sometimes I have to ask, I have to, because I'm not good at all these things. You know, there, there's times, I mean, Madison, one of her, her love language is quality time. And we don't spend near the quality time that we used to We, we get so busy in work and, you know, and doing so we, stuff. We have a lot of different hats. Like we, I mean, right. work business, like this podcast, like, so, I mean, one thing, even the other day that I appreciated is we're having a business phone call. And I'm like, all right, or like anything else business-wise? And you're like, no, but I think we should schedule a hike sometime. And so just that like quality time, like even that to me, honestly, I'm like, even that act of work, saying that and working in that fact that that's on your mind means a lot. And so whether we get around to the hike next week or next month, like with our schedules, either way, I'm like the fact that you're even bringing it up meant a lot so that was one thing I came up to him and I told him about that I was like I don't think that we're like we're getting so busy and we're not spending quality time and so as a kid you have to voice these things to your parent as a parent you have to be willing to listen to these things right and actually like you said bring correction to those things yeah I mean there's many times we just like Hey, we haven't done a coffee in a while. And I'm like, oh man, you're right. Let's let's schedule this. I apologize. But if I never say that, like we can never move forward. Right. And so and you could hold that resentment and be like, oh, he just doesn't want to be around me. And again, it's not my love language. You know, in my mind, I'm I'm pioneering some stuff. I'm providing, I'm doing all this stuff for the family, but there's still that's not what that's not how the relationship is felt on our child's end so i have to be mindful of what i'm what i'm not doing in order to meet those emotional relationship needs and so you know that's that's the whole point is you know it doesn't all revolve around the parent you know we gotta we gotta figure out now understand what what our child is going through and what those hot buttons are for them that we can build relationship with yeah absolutely um I think so. We are coming near time. Um, Is there any last advice or topics that you want to talk about before we end this episode? Um, I don't know if we hit, hit really hard on the consequences portion of it, but I I just want to make sure that in this time period, a lot of times that the kids are in high school, they're living under our roof. They're, we're the ones paying for everything. They don't understand the consequences. And when we just buy things for them, when we just cater to everything that they want to do and every activity that they want to be involved, I'm not saying to withhold these activities. I'm just saying at some point, they need to understand the price that, that we're paying for them. They need to understand the consequences if they make certain mistakes that there's going to be constant the consequences at this level i mean just think think about this i mean in the dating aspect of this if you have a senior in high school dating a sophomore in high school there are consequences because there's age there there's laws against an 18 year old dating a 16 year old this is bad I mean, if, if something happens or even the impression of something happens and one of them accuses the other one of something, I mean, this is sexual predatory like marks on this person's for, for the rest of their life. And they don't understand these consequences. All of a sudden they turn, it's another day in their life. They turn 18. Then all of a sudden the whole world changes as soon as you turn 18. There's consequences. There's consequences to drinking and driving. There's consequences to, to marijuana getting caught with drugs in high school. And they, and they don't understand the, if we don't, if we don't help them understand consequences, they're going to all of a sudden get set back in their life. And who are they going to blame for that? They're going to have so much resentment for us as parents, because we didn't coach them through this. And, and there's no way we can hundred percent cover all of these things and, and totally prepare our child for this. But we just have to be a little bit more mindful of this in, the, in, these, in this relationship. And again, this is why I said this is the most important five years of their life. They need us there more than any time in their, in their, in their life. 
And hopefully we've developed relationship. We've, we've developed a voice in their life that they respect and trust. It's not always going to happen, but hopefully we do that. Yeah. I think um, for me, my last thoughts on this age group would be um, with love and unconditional love, like unconditionally love them through their mistakes, but unconditional love doesn't mean that you just get to let them go on a wrong path down their life. Like if you truly love your kid and want the best for them, don't let them just ruin their life. And not that these things may or may not ruin, like we said, everybody can bounce back from these things, but don't let them walk down a path uh, that's only hurting them. Like step in, even if that means you have to put on parent hat and um, aren't the friend in the moment. So that'd be my last thoughts. Very good. And that's why I love this podcast because you get to hear from parent and you get to hear from the, the child, you know, not child in, in a negative way, but yeah. um, you get to hear from two perspectives on this podcast. And so, yeah. Well, we hope you learned something or we hope a question sparked in your mind throughout this episode. If you have questions, again, message us, let us know. We'd love to um, help answer those. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Legacy Builders. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Legacy Builders podcast. We would love to hear from y'all. Go tag us on Facebook and Instagram and let us know what your biggest takeaway from today's episode was. 